Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real tech advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Christian Siriano needs no introduction. Since winning Project Runway and launching his namesake collection in 2008, he has firmly established himself as a cultural icon over the course of his impressive career. Let's take a look at some of those milestones, shall we? He's been named one of the 100 most influential people in the world by Time Magazine. His designs have been worn by the likes of Dr. Jill Biden, Michelle Obama, Ariana Grande, Tiffany Haddish, Billy Porter, and Helen Hunt, just to name a few. But above all, he's an advocate for change and pushing the fashion industry forward as a dedicated champion for inclusivity, both on the runway and the red carpet. Needless to say, I can't wait to dive into the amazing career of this incredible designer and talk about building his veritable fashion empire, stepping into his new role as a mentor on Project Runway and launching his newest venture, Siriano Interiors. So without further ado, I'm gonna need you guys to make a lot of noise for Christian Siriano. a very comfortable chair. Like, you might fall asleep. You've been very busy. <laughs> I was like, wow, it's so comfy in here. We want to make sure you're comfortable. So nice. This is <laughs> what a fabulous day. Was everyone here early? Yes. You are our last Is it a long? They're like, wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited to talk with you. I've watched your career since the very beginning explode, and it's just been awesome to see. So today you are obviously one of the most highly respected people in fashion, but let's go back to like OG Christian, like the beginning of your career. Oh, what got you into fashion? No. Yeah, going back. I mean, 
I was definitely, you know, I was a young kid. There was definitely, I always loved transformation. So I think that was very inspiring to me. Uh, I think that probably came from my sister who was a ballet dancer and I would see her and she would be, you know, in warmups and, and rehearsals. And then all of a sudden she would like put on her costume and she would become this like other character. So I always thought that that was really beautiful to watch and same, like my mother would get ready to go out and I always loved what she would wear and how she would style something. So, you know, and I was just like a kid. So I think like that, that was always interesting to me, I guess. And I still approach it the same way. Like I love, uh, you know, working with a new actress or working on a new project. And it's about like, how do you transform it and make it something impactful or important? Uh, so yeah, so I, I make that kind of a focus now. Yeah, and I love that. I feel like that's been a theme for today is like, what are you passionate about from the beginning and how do you make that into a career? Yeah. Um, in an interview with Elle, you revealed that you were rejected from FIT, which is shocking, obviously, considering how successful you are today. But how did you handle that initial rejection? I feel like that's very relatable for a lot of us who've experienced rejections in our life and then gone on to do something great. You know, it's, oh, cliche. Hey, you have to have rejections <laughs> to build and grow. No, it was really, um, I think my rejections are always more they strike a bit of like anger management issues. And I'm like, oh God, I'm like, well, I'm moving to Europe and I'm out and I'm gonna do something great. And that's usually what happens. And FIT is such a great example of that because you know, I was such a naive kid, I knew nothing. And I just thought I wanted to go to a fashion design school, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I think that rejection was very helpful because then I was like, you know what? I don't think I wanna be in New York. I think I liked New York at the time, but I think I really was striving for something greater, bigger. Uh, to me, that was moving to London, being in a different culture and in a different world, experiencing something totally that I knew nothing about. I mean, I had no passport. My mother didn't even have a passport. She had never been anywhere. Uh, so I think that was like a, a big goal for us just as like a small kid from Maryland. Uh, and I think it worked out, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it definitely <laughs> worked out. Joke's on you, FIT. What's really funny is too, any, I mean, I don't hope anybody's here, but FIT's asked me to like give the commencement speech um, <laughs> twice. I'm unavailable. Ah! Um, <laughs> and what's really sad, and what's really, really sad is I've actually been unavailable both times and not in a mean way, I really wanna do it. It felt good though. I really it wanna do good. it, but it feels great. <laughs> Every time. Anybody from FIT, don't judge me. Um, anyway, but it's really great. Okay, so you end up going to do internships at Vivian Westwood and Alexander McQueen. I mean, iconic. But tell us a little bit how these early experiences shaped your career, why internships are important, and what you learned. Yeah, I mean, I was really obsessed with those designers at the time, so I just really wanted to work for them, and I would do anything. And I think, and I think a lot of people have that sometimes. Uh, the best way to learn anything is just being thrown in it. It's like, we call it guerrilla style, just being thrown in an environment that you think is interesting or passionate about, and that can be anything. And I think my studio is kind of the same way. Our young designers or anybody that works with us, we throw them in it. And, and you find out very quickly if it's what you want to do or if it's what you like. Even if you're doing strange tasks, you're still around a really interesting cultural environment. I mean, my interns like go to Lady Gaga's house. I'm like, I don't even get to go there. I'm like, hello, <laughs> um, because I'm not dropping off clothes. But you know, I always think that that's so interesting. Like you can really get such interest, you know, important experience that you could never get. I totally agree. I always say, if you want to be an entrepreneur, start a small business, work for a small business owner, yeah. and you'll be able to get a masterclass in what it takes to actually run a business. 
And I think sometimes the small teams are the better ones. You actually, like, you really, really get hands-on moments. I mean, I worked for a few corporate companies, and you don't get to do much, so it was hard. Um, in the beginning, I think. And yeah. then and then you can strive for that if that's what you want to be or do. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a good way to kind of figure out what you want and what you don't want, which, yeah. to mention, you also interned at Marc Jacobs and quit after just one week. And yes. I think it's important to talk about that because I think sometimes... <laughs> I'm like, this is kind of like a rose. Um, <laughs> We're like, anyway, Mark Jacobs, come I'm out. Like, just I'm, <laughs> well, I'm like, okay, hello. I put a lot of great things. No, 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 no. Uh, I love I it. But I, I think it's important to talk about when you know something's not right for you. And it's a great story because I had just moved back from London. And I knew nobody in New York, but I had good fr- a very good friend who was the VP of Mark at the time. And, and she was like, oh, we'll just come and like see if you vibe. And I remember, uh, you know, Mark wasn't really there because Mark was doing Vuitton at the time. So I remember I photocopied fabrics for like five days straight, right? And that's all I did, right? And, you know, I understand archival purposes, but I felt that my talents were not being used. Therefore, I politely left. I think I was sent on an errand to do something, drop something off, and I did the errand. It was like six in the morning. I did the errand, I dropped it off on the desk, and I no longer came and I said thank you so much and I really appreciate it but unfortunately it's not for me which is actually very important because I respect Mark and the business and the brand and incredible but that type of studio I wasn't into because I wanted a more hands-on experience like my studio is even like McQueen was you know I was doing fittings with like Sarah Jessica and Naomi like the first three weeks I'm good at making things so use me. Yeah, and not just photocopies. Yeah. Agreed. Same with, same with our interns now. Like, we find out very quickly who is strong at something and who can actually do things, and we use them. And, I mean, half my employees were interns at one time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it's a great pipeline into uh, having a full-time job. I Same with us. A lot of our interns have turned into full-time hires. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, do you like it? Do we like you? Do we work together? And then you were able to get through it's that. It's a good test. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's a good free test. <laughs> Legally? (laughs) Sometimes. Target Accelerators is the premier retail accelerator for startups. And over the course of several weeks, hand-selected business owners are given the opportunity to learn the ins and outs of retail, collaborate with industry experts and target executives, and receive access to exclusive retail resources. The two programs currently offered are set up to challenge you to reach your full potential. Target Forward Founders is dedicated to early stage product companies, while Target Takeoff Beauty is perfect for beauty startups ready to take that next step into retail. If either of these programs sound like you, Target is accepting applications now for both cohorts through November 14th. Head to www.targetaccelerators.com to learn more and apply. Don't miss the chance to accelerate your business forward. Based on these incredible stories from these women, it sounds like a not to miss opportunity. Let's talk about Project Runway. So now we all know your success story. You win Project Runway. You're 21 years old, becoming the youngest winner in the show's history. I can't even imagine what the next, the weeks after that entailed. How did you navigate the sudden spotlight and the sort of rocket ship of your career after that? Yeah, you know, it was like, I mean, there was a lot of fun moments and a lot of fabulous things, but I kind of, well, I also had never seen the show before, so people forget that. I lived in London. There is no Project Runway in London. So I didn't go after the show being like, I have to be on this show. So I didn't really know much about it. So then when I won, I kind of was thrown in a really interesting world that he was very happy for, but was still kind of learning. I just really wanted to be a fashion designer and make clothes. 
I like being funny, but I didn't think that being a famous designer at the time was the goal. So I worked really, really hard on like building a client, uh, which is pretty much what I did my first five years afterward. Uh, I just didn't care about other things. I really cared about like finding customers because that's how we were building a business. And it was so funny because people like didn't get that. That's what I thought was more important. I was like, well, don't we need to sell clothes? Or like, what do we do? Um, so the dynamic was really interesting. I mean, I remember reading reviews from like women's wear and I was like, God, it's so much evening wear. And I'm like, oh, I sell evening wear. So <laughs> should I not do evening wear? And I got really confused the first few yeah. years. And I was like, wow, I'm getting judged so hard. I was like, but she just spent like $4 million on evening wear. So do I not do that? So I was very, it was quite a push and pull for a little while. And then I soon realized, and I think a lot of companies actually realize now that the customer is so important, more than anything, more than a great red carpet moment, which we love more than anything, really, which is why I've made it the focus from then and now and always will. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it, high fashion sometimes feels like you're like, wait, how do they make money? Because it's like yes. always celebrities, it's <laughs> yeah. always beautiful. And you're like, well, the celebrity, I don't think it's paying for that. Yeah. But it's like at the end of the day, your customers are where it's at. So yeah. how did you know how to define your customer early on? Yeah, I mean, I started realizing that we just had such a diverse group of people wanting something. And again, like being 21 years old, I had nothing to give anybody, but I had this brand all of a sudden. Everybody thought I had clothes to give and bags and shoes and everything. And I had to learn very quickly, like what that woman, man, whoever it was wanted. And yeah, so we, I, I quickly figured it out though. And I think I always kept aspirational things and that was very important to me. And I still love red carpet and fantasy fashion. That's what I personally like to do. So I still do it. Not everyone agrees with me in the office, the investors, whatever. <laughs> Celebrity dressing is very expensive. They're very annoying. Let's talk about that later. But I think it was one of those things that it was kind of like, I knew how to pivot and navigate as best I could. I made mistakes, but I think I think we're okay. Yeah, no, definitely. In 2018, you tripled your business by adding plus sizes to your line, which is yeah. incredible. And you've really been a pioneer in that industry. Yeah. So tell and we always had we yeah. always had sizes. We always made at least up to a size 18 because my mom is a size 18. So I always had that range. People didn't really know, and it wasn't a big prominent place in the with the retailers. Neiman Sachs, Bergdorf, they weren't buying plus clothing. They weren't ex buying extended sizes clothing. Yeah. So that was a big, huge miss. I mean, they kind of still aren't always, which is, that's for our next conference. So I thought that was really interesting. So it, it was very important to make sure that we had somewhat of that as best we can. And, and my company is still, we keep it small and tight and uh, but I'm happy that we we have that. Yeah, and, and really in the high fashion world, you were one of the first really pushing the boundaries and really making sure that the fashion industry is more inclusive. I know I personally am always excited to see who you dress. It's like, who's Christian going to dress? What is she going to wear? And it's such a diverse range of women. Yeah. How would you like to see the industry evolve more over time? Yeah, I think it is, a. I mean, you know, I think it's a goal for everyone to just support people, especially in the fashion business because it is still like a fun, exciting uh, business. We're not a medical company curing a disease. We are just putting clothes on the body. You're getting up, you're going to work, you feel great, you're going to a party. Like that's what, I mean, customers are coming in to like get a dress for like an event. I didn't ever understand why it was so negated who that person was, if we didn't have a size for them, or I mean, we don't even ask the size anymore. And then we forget, and I'm like, oh, well, what size is she? And then, then we have to backtrack. That just wasn't important to me ever, never really was. And also, 
I think as an entrepreneur, I was young and I had people that wanted the clothes and I didn't really care where, who they were. I didn't care what they were. You were in a $10,000 dress. I don't care who you are. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where you live. I don't even want to know. Absolutely. Wrap it up. Yeah. Quick. Wrap it up. Send it out. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, an expensive life. Yeah. Well, and I, I love that you talk about the money side of business because it is so important to yeah, I make love to talk about money. <gasps> like, talk about it with everybody. <laughs> And I think a lot for a lot of the women out here, you have investors, you've built this business. How did you learn about the business side of the business? Yeah. Like, did it just come naturally? I really love money. Yeah, yeah fair great. enough. So I wanted to make it. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, I'm going to figure out how to keep it. <laughs> yes. No, it really was, I learned very quickly. I was really thrown into the world of an, a business and I had so many brands. And I mean, I was doing collaborations with huge companies my first five minutes out the gate. I mean, it was wild. I mean, I remember my sponsorship with, I had a sponsorship with Victoria's Secret, with LG Electronics. I had a 10-year Payless collaboration. Like, I mean, I was getting, I never made shoes before. So I had to learn very quickly how to make sure that I was like picking the right things to partner with and making sure that they were making enough money that I could still do my dream and, and do what I love. And, and so it was always a balance. I mean, we made lots of mistakes in the first few years, but I balanced those mistakes with doing other great, cool partnerships, which is how I was able to fund the business. The first, you know, the hurdle years, I always say is like the five, six year, early years. Now we're like 13 years, 14 years in, and we have a groove. We know what works. We know it doesn't work. Yeah. I love that because I think so many times that this has been sort of a theme today, everyone's like, oh, it's an overnight success. Like, yeah. it's funny because sometimes when I think of you, I'm like, oh, yeah, Christian Serena is like huge. It was in one way. and that, It was in one and way. In other ways, another, it was yeah. the darkest trenches of the world. Oh, my God. I mean, oh, my God. I remember we had, like, one of our first orders. It was like, what was the store it was a big order. It was maybe like 200 units of a dress. Oh, fabulous. And I remember my production manager put like 2,000. So we made 2,000 dresses of the same dress. Oh, we made no. them at the factory. We upfronted the money. Like it was so, I think it was like 200 grand at the time that I was like cash out of, out of 200. So what do you do with the other few thousand? You do nothing because there is nowhere for them to go. I still think they might be in the warehouse. I'll let you know. <laughs> Um, everyone's getting a dress. Yeah, everyone's getting a dress. <laughs> oh, God, it was like the ugliest dress, too. Oh, I mean, it was like so boring. Anyway, it was so funny because I'll never forget like moments like that. And it was like, how do you overcome it? How do you move on? Did I fire him? I didn't even fire him. Oh, that, that was a mistake, actually. But, you know, you know, what do you do? You have to kind of figure out like how to pivot. And so I think like we learned, we, we made so many mistakes. We learned very quickly. Absolutely. And one of the things we've talked a lot about today is mentorship. Did you have a mentor? How do you feel about mentorship? How have you sort of yeah. you know, grown in that way? I didn't really have a lot of mentors. I was kind of thrown in with the wolves to figure it out. I still am some days, which is, which is fun. But that was okay because I knew that I was navigating a different path. I mean, I, I've... Guess, I mean, I know I've done things that no designer has really done. So it was hard for me to pitch it to someone. I mean, I remember even in my early days, I was like, oh, we're going to do this. Everyone said no. Like, no one wanted me to do a collaboration with Payless. I'm like, we did a billion dollars. Bye. Like, that was dumb. Like, nobody wanted me to do so many things. So I just stopped listening to people, which I don't always think is great advice. Sorry. But because <laughs> I do think there's people that could have given me the right path. But unfortunately, like, I couldn't get to them, which is why now I'm on a show like Project Runway. It's not, it's really more to show that, like, 
we should support like a young generation because it's really hard. So that's kind of how I approach Project Runway Element now, because I do think that it's more important for, yeah. So you are a mentor on the new season of Project Runway, yeah. which is amazing. So tell us a little bit about what it's like being on the other side of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I really do try to give them like real experience. So if you watch this new season, like it's tough love, but it's tough love because I'm like, I have actual experience every day. When I leave set, I go to my office and do it. So I think that that is what I'm trying to give them realistic advice. Even if they don't, are not interested or whatever it is, that's totally fine. But I think it's very important to get advice from someone actually working in the field. You're not really getting real advice. Sorry. Hey guys, taking a pause here to debunk another myth with one of our sponsors, Lumino. The myth, fluoride is the only way to strengthen enamel. The truth, just a pinch of dead sea salt is packed with minerals like calcium and magnesium that help strengthen gums and enamel too. Okay, now what if we told you there were oral care products made with dead sea salt? Sound too specific? But guess what? There are. Lumino is the first oral care line that is delicious and clinically proven to maintain good bacteria. Made with natural ingredients, including dead sea salt, Lumino cleans, refreshes, and whitens as well as the other guys without the harm. I take oral care very seriously. That's why I started using Lumino, spelled L-U-M-I-N-E-U-X. The toothpaste, mouthwash, and biodegradable toothbrush are stepping up my health game in a big and fresh way. Plus, their whitening strips are a total game changer. They've left my teeth brighter without any lingering sensitivity. I've told all my friends and family about it, and so now I'm trying to get you all on board. It's also so important to take care of your oral microbiome. Backed by science, preserving the ecosystem of microorganisms living in your body is key to optimal health and wellness. 98% of the bacteria in our mouth is actually good for you. This protective shield is working around the clock as the first line of defense against disease and illness. Contrary to popular belief, wiping them out with harsh products does more harm than good. So there's a reason why they pronounce their name Lumino. Their line of products have no harsh bleaches, no artificial dyes, no alcohol. So show up for your microbiome and introduce yourself to Lumino. That's L-U-M-I-N-E-U-X. Go to oralessentials.com and use the code PARTY to save 15% off your first order. That's 15% off your first order with the code PARTY. Lumino is dedicated to illuminating better ideas in oral care. Join me and be illuminating. So I mentioned this in your intro, but in 2018, you were named one of Time's 100 Most Influential People. How do you view your influence on the fashion industry and culture more broadly? Yeah, um, I mean, I definitely have become a more kind of culturally, politically driven designer now because I think it's more interesting than just making pretty dresses. Uh, so that's a bit more of my focus. Uh, and I think with time, that was celebrating all these different types of bodies. I was obviously the first designer to show, you know, eight curvy girls on a runway, which is, oh, I'm so glad it was so groundbreaking, but very annoying that it didn't exist or we couldn't even book a model. Like, that was so strange. Uh, and now still strange that people still don't do it. So weird. So yeah, yeah, so I really thought that that was like a really interesting point to focus on, and we still focus on it. It's who we who we picked, who we choose to dress, how what I choose to spend my money on. I mean, I'm making free clothes for people, so I don't necessarily have to dress the perfect new it girl. I might want to dress somebody who's actually like politically interesting or having a moment or has a gender interest to the world that maybe people haven't seen on at the Emmys. How fabulous! Yeah. Why not? 
Amazing, and it's it's breaking grounds and, and really hopefully making bigger impact amongst other designers as yeah. well. It's just good for a young generation to look up. To, I mean, we can't yeah. leave them to the wolves. Oh, Lord. <laughs> the, the wolves are like the big brands that don't do anything. But we can't yeah. leave them to that. So I think that, that it's so important. Absolutely. So before, beyond Project Runway, you launched your own digital Bravo talk show called So Siriano. Yeah, that was a pandemic panic project. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit about COVID-19 and the pandemic as well, because... It's actually really funny if you want to watch the clips, but very difficult. Kudos to a talk show, people. <laughs> like, I'm friends with Drew Barrymore, and I'm like, I love you because it's so hard. Yeah. Just to get a celebrity to commit five minutes to talk to you, like, you're so annoying. It's like, come on. I, like, <laughs> I yell at them. I'm like, Sia, you're going to give me five minutes and shut up. Oh, my God, don't record. Is this recording? Whatever. Yeah. Um, We're actually live streaming. Are we live? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Um, see ya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you had Ashley Graham and Billy Porter and Leslie Jones, an amazing guest on, yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. But you also were one of, one of slash the first designer to really pivot and start making masks as part yeah, of the COVID-19 yeah. pandemic and really thank took you. initiative there. Thank you, thank Can you. Can you talk a little bit about that decision and, and kind of where your head was at? Because I think as all business owners, we were like, uh. Panic pivot also. No, that was a very, a very naive, quick, gestural. I'm a very in the moment I don't overthink things. Um, I never have. I never will. I say what I feel. When I tweeted at the governor that we, I just was, whatever, we make things. I'll help, I'll happy to help. And I thought it was like very disgusting that we didn't have anything in New York, was really like a dark place, yeah. like no products. And I thought that that was very strange for such a wealthy, thriving, multi-billion dollar city. I hated that. I have huge, very wealthy people that could also have done things. And so that got, I was all mad at everybody. But so when I, you know, tweeted at the governor and when they responded so quickly, I was like, oh, I guess now I, I want to hold up my end of the bargain. So that's what it became. It was like, this is what I said I would do and I will do it. And yeah, we did almost, we donated almost 3 million in the end. Wow. Um, and we have a small, I have a small team. They were working every day. I mean, my seamstresses, some of them have five kids. Like they're older women. Like it was a, it was rough. It was horrible. I hate masks for that reason. <laughs> Not because of what they do, because it was a lot. You're like, um, I can never see a mask again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, let's move these out of the office. Um, <laughs> but no, it was an incredible moment. And I do say a lot. This is very important for every, like, whatever I always talk about. Because I said, in the end, we were like, okay, if I go out of business tomorrow, if we close the doors or anything happens or I'm done or I just don't want to do it anymore, I will feel really proud that we left that behind because it actually, like was something that was fashion, but changed people's lives and saved someone in some way. Whatever it did, I feel like it made a bigger impact than maybe a dress would. So I feel like that will forever be a great thing that we will be really proud of, all of everybody in my office. Absolutely. And the fact that you're a small business doing that yeah. is incredible. It just goes to show yeah. the power of like, I mean, it literally company. had to ask celebrity friends for money. Yeah. Like, that's what I did. I emailed every single actress, musician I possibly knew and was like, give me your money. Because <laughs> the, the, no one is paying for this. Like, it was so wild. Yeah. I was like, give me your money. Actually, what's really funny, at full circle, Heidi Klum gave me the most money, which is so random. I won't tell you how much, but, like, she was like, whatever you want. It's amazing. Which is so interesting. Because I know a lot of them really, like, love Heidi, but I'm, like, a very rich friend. <laughs> they didn't give that much. 
Wow. I mean, that also just goes to show your network is your yes, net worth. But, you know, and Absolutely. Heidi, and Heidi is, you know, she is, you know, such a chic, elegant person and like really understood the goal. And that was really nice. Amazing. Well, I want to talk I'll about tell you next chat how much it was. Okay, yeah. Because you can talk about money. <laughs> well, everyone will guess. We'll do a poll. I'm just gonna yeah. so there's you... no questions after. <laughs> You also partnered with e-commerce marketplace First Dibs, one of my favorite sites, to launch your debut furniture collection. So tell us about diversifying your brand, getting in, into interiors, yeah. and what you think of these chairs. Just yeah, they're kidding. very, <laughs> they're actually very comfortable. Where are they from? They're rentals. They're, we'll yeah, give you the info. I know. Um, <laughs> and our beautiful set, gorgeous. Flowers. I love these flowers. Okay, so, you know, Obviously, pandemic mode, lots of people like pivoted their lives, their world. I think people also just decided to do things that they really loved because you had the time for once, weirdly. Uh, so that was really for me. I've always been a big furniture lover, big fan. Um, always been a big interior lover. I'm a big furniture shopper. I have houses to fill. I like it. I felt like that was very important for me to try. And we tried and we love it. And um, it's just a great passion project that has turned into a nice little business that will do as long as it's still fun to do. Yeah. I mean, we didn't really expect like our launch on first dibs. Like we didn't really get ready for the furniture manufacturing business. We're like, oh, we're going to get a few. Like now over a couple thousand orders later, we're like, oh, what, what are we doing? Yeah. We make furniture. We make furniture. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. Amazing. It's and cool, though. It's really cool. It's really awesome to see that people will actually place something like that in their home. It feels really great. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it just goes to show what a household name, you know, you are in that way that it really translates across industry, which yeah. is really amazing. So I also want to talk about the coffee book. So you had this coffee yeah. table book and you that you released and now you're re-releasing it with yeah. new images. So tell us a little bit yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, so my new book, it's called Dresses to Dream About. It comes out basically this fall. Like, in like two weeks. And yeah, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful coffee table book of moments over the last few years, some great moments like Billy Porter at the Oscars, things like that, uh, that I love. And I think people needed a little fantasy moment of to dream and get away. And uh, that's all it really is. And it does talk about the process of how I actually make something from sketch to finished product. So I do think it's somewhat interesting if people do care about that but it's also very pretty yeah love a love a it'll coffee just look great book. on your table so yeah. whatever even if you don't even know who i am stick it there <laughs> so 13 years later if you could go back to young christian what advice would you give yourself i give no advice at all no i'm not a, i'm not in that world i just don't look back and harp on things i mean if anything it would be yeah nothing i just like i mean God, there's, I mean, because the list is so long. It's like, hey, like, learn how to pack a box better so your clothes come back and not shambles. Like, things like that. Lots of little things that added up to annoying problems. But other than that, I just feel really, like, super content and happy and proud of, like, what we've done. And, you know, I, you can't ever say, oh, what if I never was on the show? Or what if I never lived in Europe? All those things. Who knows? Yeah, I think it all worked out for the best. Yeah, it all worked out okay. I mean, I don't know. I came off the show and like Oprah called and was like, can you make me a dress? And I was like, yes. Yeah. So what, you're not going to say yes to Oprah? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so it's like, what do you do? Yeah, you do it. Success is a broad term, I know. But for you, how do you define success in your life? I guess now I really see it as, I mean, we still get really excited when we, when we see people just wearing the clothes or a bag or a shoe or 
or whatever, putting a piece of furniture in their home. That's just like really for me, like success. What And it's as small or as large as it is. The money is nice, but I don't always think that that is the most important thing. Sometimes it's like that you, I don't know, like when little kids come up to you and are like, I wear what I want to wear to school because I saw Billy Porter in a gown at the Oscars and was like, and now I feel like I can wear dresses. Like that's the best thing in the world. Who cares about anything else? Yeah, amazing last yeah. impact. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna do some rapid fire questions. <gasps> oh. Okay. <laughs> it's okay oh. if you go over. Okay. The three traits that got me to where I am today are three traits. Yeah. Oh God, I'm not an overthinker. I a quick decision maker. Same thing, I guess. I really like money. <laughs> The first lesson I learned the hard way as a business owner. The first lesson I learned the hard way. I know this can go both ways for people in the room, but I think you can't really hire your close friends. Mm. And I learned you can hire some friends, but they can't be like your ride or die unless it's like fully your vision together. You can't hire them as an employee. That does not go well. Uh, But if you open a business together... 50-50, rock on. That's my advice. I think that's good advice. And it ends always in a legal moment. The lawyers make the most money. (laughs) They do make the most money. Oh, my God. I think I got sued, like, five times my first, like, five years in business. It was so funny. I was like, wow. I'm like, I've made it. I've been sued so many times. It's so Um, true. (laughs) Yeah. I keep getting sued. This is really funny. I'll tell you. I keep getting sued. I keep, uh, and long story. This is hilarious. <laughs> I actually, love this. Actually, I'm, I'm like on actually, the edge of my seat right actually, now. Actually, we don't need to talk about it. Um, no. I keep posting this picture of Lady Gaga in my dress, and I keep getting sued by all the photographers that took the picture of her. And it's so funny because I'm like, wow, I'm like, my Instagram is hit. <laughs> I keep getting sued for posting a picture of her. Anyway, and I think it's really funny, and I just pay and whatever. But, but I think it's genius because I'm like, wow, I'm like, Okay. Yes. People are paying attention. People are paying attention. Yeah. And they also like money. I do not post (laughs) that picture ever again. Again. (laughs) Ever. Three times is enough. I got it. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Um, It's so rude that everyone else can do it. Anyway. Yeah. Actually, have you heard about this? It's really dark times. Like, for paparazzis are suing everybody, blah, blah, blah. We get it. Intellectual property, I understand. However, Gigi Hadid just won her case because she is her own intellectual property. And he sold images and she is a model and that's how she funds her business. She won. All right, changing the game, Gigi. She won, I'm pretty sure she won the case. It's the same, two same photographers to keep to everybody. Yeah, Genius, but work it out, Gigi. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah. Diddy did it too, he did not win. (laughs) Only Gigi. An up and coming fashion brand I'm watching right now. A plug, my boyfriend has a really cool young men's company called Future Lovers of Tomorrow. Very cute. Look it up. Affordable for like a cool guy. I love it. I'm definitely checking it out. Or a cool girl or a cool non-binary person. Just great clothes. Just for anyone. Yeah. Someone I haven't worked with yet, but that I'd love to dress. I feel like that's a tough one. I feel like you've like dressed everyone, but I literally, I'm going to I mean, I have right here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Row two. Yes. Row row two, um, fifth, fourth, can't count. No, I mean, God, I really do want to think about like somebody that's funny. Actually, I will say this is a, a very important thing. I think for some brands, I don't put that pressure on me and my team because I used to take rejection of like who wouldn't wear my clothes really, really personally for a long time. And I would, I would get very dark and go into a really like 
just a horrible place. So I stopped being like, I have to address this person. If it happens, it happens, and I love it, and it's an amazing moment. And I actually feel like that's when it's the most beautiful and it works the best. Um, when they want it, I want it, the stylist wants it, the manager wants it, the team, the hair and makeup team want it. They always have an opinion. So it's like, <laughs> trust me. And so so I stopped putting that pressure because early days, we would have, we would send, make, I've made clothes for I mean, I've made something for everyone, for real. Like, it's wild. And it doesn't always work out. It still doesn't work out. I mean, I make things all the time that don't get worn. But you have to remember, like, you're hanging in a room with, I mean, J-Lo's fittings, there's sometimes 400 pieces of clothes in that room. It's hard to stand out. It's really tough. So you have to, like, and you're hanging next to Dior and some of the wealthiest brands in the world. Dior sends it in a crate in a glass box that lights up and sings to you. So... You've all seen these boxes. Like, so then when they do wear it, I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't send a singing box. <laughs> so then it feels really good. And I'm like, yeah. And then everyone hates me. All the big brands. They like call my publicist and like, what the hell? Pick, <laughs> picked Christian over Louis Vuitton. And she's like, yeah, she did. I it's love great. It. It's amazing. But no, it's such a huge win. Like as a small business owner, I feel like yes. it's such a huge win to see your designs out there knowing that you're doing it in this way and not yeah. one of the bigger um, businesses. Yeah. And I don't approach it the same way. I'm not like after somebody. I mean, I am happy to do it. And I, lo- and I love the, the organic moments. I mean, we just dressed Hannah Waddington. Um, does anybody watch Ted Lasso? We dressed her for the Emmy. I loved it, yeah. And like, it's a new show. Like she was nominated, but you never know. But she won. She won her first Emmy. Sweet. ever. Yeah. They want everything. But you don't know. So like she took a risk on me. I took a risk on her. We have no idea what was going to happen with that. She actually missed the red carpet. So like <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> she did. So if she had not won, there will be no pictures of her. <laughs> you win some, you lose. lose some. And sometimes it just works out. God, I'm telling a lot of stories here. I gotta go. <laughs> Uh, okay, final question, final question. What is okay. next for the Christian Siriano brand? Oh, God. Uh, vacation. No, <laughs> no um, Resort. Really, honestly, like, we're really, we feel so excited. Project Runway's out right now. We're so happy. Like, now that I'm a producer on the show and I get to be a boss, it's great. And also, like, help these young designers. And my new book, that I have a little book tour for the fall. And I have a, a, a big, big, beautiful museum retrospective in Savannah, Georgia. So that's wow. pretty cool. Yeah, it's all my work over the last kind of, like, 14 years. And it's pretty cool to see uh, because it's so interesting because it's, I'm a young brand, but it's, like, all these... I think really wonderful political moments that have happened to men in dresses, curvy women on the runway, all the things that like should be there are really cool in one room. So if you get to Savannah, it's really fabulous. Amazing. Well, happy National Boss Day to you. Oh my God. (laughs) And also it's National Boss Day. No one texted me. So everyone's (laughs) fired. Um. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Christian Siriano. Let's give it up. Thank you. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow The Work Party on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoy today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. 
And if you're interested in creating your own podcast or want to know the ins and outs of the business of podcasting, we've teamed up with the Lady Gang to bring you The Pod Class, a comprehensive guide that covers everything from planning your content to sourcing guests to becoming your own in-house producer and so, so, so much more. All are available for purchase on the Create and Cultivate website now. That's createcultivate.com. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.